Presents Football Time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Football Time Podcast. We're here with our man, Achilles Rain. As always, Thursday means the football season is upon us. You ready to get into our Week 15 uh, preview and breakdown with some picks in here? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this, man. All right, so let's start off with our The Ringer FanDuel Mega Contest. We got five mutual picks to do here. Last week, we continued our ride of three and two, which put us 39 and 32 overall. Not all that bad, and if you take off our really terrible one and four week, uh, we've been pretty solid all year long. So uh, we had wins... uh, With the Ravens, uh, the Texans, no, the Bears. Bears. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) If if it's a win, I'll take it. Doesn't matter who it is. Yes, uh, Bears, uh, Chargers, and we had losses with Carolina and the. Packers, so three and two overall, thirty nine and thirty two on the year. Not too bad. Let's see if we can have another winning week. Yeah, we definitely need to up our game a little bit, but as the season gets later and later, it just gets that much harder. All right, so we'll start off uh, with this uh, dynamite Thursday game. I know a coworker of ours was. Very pumped uh, for some reason for this Thursday night game today. Uh, we both were like, uh, are they playing football tonight? But uh, <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers are visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, should be a offensive game, I guess, uh, though both teams have been a little porous at that the last couple of weeks. But anyway, uh, where are you sitting here? What are you thinking? How do you think this game will break down? Well, I'll tell you this much. Um, I wasn't even sure that it was there was a game this Thursday. Uh, I'm not used to having Thursday night games this late in the season. It definitely feels like uh, we should be onto those Sunday-only type of uh, places in the NFL. But, yeah, apparently there's a game tonight, uh, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and, at the uh, L.A. Chargers. Um, when I look at this game, to be honest with you, I wasn't really intrigued by it. I'm like, I – don't want anything to do with either one of these teams. Uh, but the more I looked into it, and uh, as I read some of the uh, possible inactives for the game, uh, I believe that the Chargers, will, they're, both of the receivers are questionable right now. Uh, so if that's the case, if, even if they are like a game time decision where you know they just happen to activate them at the last second, I think that it hurts their passing game enough to where uh, the Raiders could possibly just go ahead and uh, get an easy win this week. So... Um, what's the, what's the opening line for that game? The opening line for this game is three and a half for the Raiders. I think this, this is definitely a maybe for me with the Raiders. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. I'm feeling a little bit chargers here. Now that just might be cause I've watched the Raiders play the last four weekends. Uh, I just feel like, uh, they have a, the chargers 
have more, you know, to play for here. I, I think they'll want to get that offense and show out. Uh, defensively, both these teams are really, uh, really poor. So I just, I, I don't know. This Chargers team has me in a spell right now. I'm sort of intrigued by their offense, but uh, you could say uh, about five weeks ago I was intrigued by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, offense. And uh, so it's, I don't know. I probably should just totally stay away from this game. Uh, I I could see the Raiders blowing this away, but uh, something tells me uh, the Chargers are going to close the season um well here so uh, I'm thinking Chargers but uh, especially getting points but what why do you like the Raiders well for one uh, like you said I do like that uh, that Sandy sorry that Los Angeles Charger offense uh, but the problem is that both of the uh, his wide receivers are questionable Mike Williams and uh, what's his name drawing a blank Keenan Allen Keenan Allen sorry yeah I mean they're both questionable the fact they're both questionable even if they do play I think that uh, whatever discomfort they might be feeling is significant enough to, you know, at least somewhat limit them if they're going to be a game time decision. Uh, and the, the Raiders, to me, they have a little bit more to play for because they still have a potential avenue to a playoff spot. Now, obviously, they, they can only do what they can control, which is winning this game. And then the rest is basically sit back, watch, and hope for some teams to get some losses. So... I think that they probably have a little bit more to play for than the uh, Chargers do. And after last week's fiasco with the special teams coaching calls and uh, all those boneheaded mistakes, I, I I find it really hard for me to feel comfortable with the Chargers right now. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you the one thing that concerns me. Uh, right now, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, rushing defense is 32nd, uh, according to football outsiders and uh with austin eckler back who they've been using really well the last couple weeks i think they could sort of use those receivers just out there to uh draw away coverage and then uh pound the rock with eckler who's looked pretty good and i I think the chargers might score some points now that being said uh jacobs is a go which uh sort of helps that raiders defense so uh, i think i'll probably just uh stay away but uh if you like it we'll keep it in the uh mutual uh maybe list and uh if we start to get desperate enough as we go through here which uh i'm foreseeing we will since i struggled finding any games to actually bet on this week um we'll come back to it and uh see how you feel about it that sounds good to me all right we'll move on buffalo bills at the denver broncos uh possibly the line I like the least uh six and a half point road favorites in Denver interesting game I think the Bills are really much better than Denver uh but uh six and a half very high line to be road favorites in Denver especially when I'm assuming it will be cold and snowy there yeah I'm not a big fan of this line as a matter of fact a lot of the lines during this uh this particular week I think they're all a little bit bloated but Denver's defense does give me a, a little cause for concern. Um, you know, they, they can be pretty stingy at times. And last week we saw the offense really produce uh, an effective game plan, and uh, it really worked out in their favor. So 
at six, you said it was? Six and a half. Yeah, it's six and a half, man. I, I don't know. It's a little scary. Um, I, do you have a feeling either way? A part of me really wants to take Buffalo. I, I think they're about to go on a, well, they've been on a run, but uh, I think they'll probably close out this season uh, and win all their games. But uh, that six and a half number just uh, sits way too high. Uh, I don't think the uh, Denver offense will be able to challenge that uh, Buffalo defense. Uh, so if you can't challenge that Buffalo uh, defense, I think the uh, Buffalo offense will find ways to score points, even on a really, really good uh, Denver defense, which has played uh, really well all season long. But uh, it's really hard for me to uh, take this uh, six and a half. Just seems like way too many points. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I I do think that the Bills will definitely come out on top. Uh, I am a little concerned. I haven't checked the weather report for uh, what it's looking like. I think you said it's going to be snowy, if that's the case. Um, even though we have seen them play well in bad weather, I, I still don't know exactly how they perform in that type of weather. So um, at six and a half, I feel a little uh, a little too scared by that number. So I think we just probably stay away from this one for now. Current weather report, not too bad. Uh, going to be sunny and 55. So it should okay. be. So I it, mean, that makes it getting, a little bit better. Yeah, we aren't getting a bad weather. Uh, the the thing also that uh, concerns me a little bit, uh, Buffalo-wise, is uh, Denver's uh, defense against the uh, pass is really, really good. Uh, they're the eighth-ranked team against the pass. And uh, against the rush, though, they're only 25. So they're, they aren't quite as good against the run. But uh, as much as Buffalo sort of improved the last couple weeks uh, run-wise, uh, I don't know if they can totally take advantage of that, but uh, I, I just, too big of points for uh, my taste. Uh, we should probably move on to uh, better pastures here. Yeah, I mean, really quick before we do, you know, I just want to mention the fact that Buffalo is averaging 20, 27.6 uh, points per game this season. Uh, so, I mean, they are putting up points. It, it, you know, if the weather's not going to be bad, I think that this possibly just moves up to maybe to the maybe column. Uh, just for the fact that the Bills have been pretty hot lately. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, Carolina Panthers at Green Bay Packers. Uh, no word on McCaffrey yet. Uh, very large spread. I think we know how this game's going to go, but uh, the question becomes, uh, how is this number? Can it? Can they hit this number? Green Bay has shown a, uh, what should we say, a propensity to not cover these really large spreads and sort of let teams get backdoor points. So uh, what do you make of this? Can they cover this big spread? Uh, any love on taking the underdog in Carolina and getting those eight and a half points? You know, normally I would. Uh, I've kind of fallen out of love with Carolina ever so slightly. Um, we talk, We touched on it a little bit last week when we talked about this team, how – it seems like ever since Teddy came back from his, uh, his injury that he almost took a step back, uh, as well as the entire team. I feel like defensively they've kind of been struggling somewhat pretty much all season long. Uh, but, you know, we did see some flashes here and there in certain games that they won. Uh, 
I just don't think that they bring enough to the table to compete with the Packers offense. I think it's just a little too potent for them. So the question then becomes to me, how many points do I think Carolina can put up? Green Bay's defense isn't great. You know, they're, they're, they're okay. They're formidable, but they're not, you know, an elite defense. So the question to me becomes how many points do I think Carolina can put up against Green Bay and will it be enough to uh, tighten that gap enough to, for them to cover the spread and, I don't feel comfortable either way uh, on either side. So for me, this is, you know, more of a tier three type game, like lower end of the maybes. Where I go here, uh, McCaffrey didn't practice uh, today or yesterday. uh, So it makes me uh, doubtful that he probably will play. I don't totally know why they would even play him, but uh, the way this uh, Green Bay uh, defense, uh, they're 22 against the run. If, McCaffrey were a go, I'd definitely be a little more wanting to uh, maybe grab Carolina. But uh, I don't know. Uh, Mike Davis has sort of trailed off. He's run uh, solidly, but I wouldn't say uh, spectacularly. So I don't think he poses the exact same threat to uh, this porous uh, Green Bay rush defense. And uh, even though I, I... I like Green Bay here. Uh, Carolina's offense has still been pretty solid. They're still a top 10 uh, offense in the NFL, uh, even without Christian McCaffrey. So it, I don't think you could trust uh, Green Bay to cover this 8.5-point spread, especially with the way they've uh, let teams sort of score uh, late to, uh, I don't know if get back in the game, but uh, make the game closer than it really uh, appears the last couple weeks. So I just think we got to probably move on as much as I think we both think uh, Green Bay's probably going to easily roll up 30 to 35 points in this game. All right, what do we got next? We have Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus four and a half at the Atlanta Falcons. Interesting game. Uh, four and a half point road favorites in Atlanta. I don't like that. But uh, maybe this Atlanta team has quit. But every time you say that, uh, then we get a 30-point win by Atlanta. So uh, you give me your handicapping strategy and uh, handicapping uh, this very awkward Bucks team and uh, this even more weird Atlanta Falcons team. I mean, if you look statistically, both of them are pretty much just around the same, same number, you know, as far as uh, total offense goes uh, for league rankings. Defensively, it's where you see the big difference. Whereas in Tampa Bay is a top 10 all-around defense compared to Atlanta's uh, 28th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So that's where the big difference lies. Um, My question then becomes, do I think that Tampa Bay's uh, defense can get enough pressure on Matt Ryan, enough to at least, you know, affect the game? If that's the case, we've seen it multiple times throughout the season where Atlanta struggles. Is if they get pressure, they just can't really get the ball going. Uh, they can't get the ball moving. They've had receiver issues pretty much all season long with certain guys in and out of the lineup. Um, I don't know how healthy they are going into this game, but I still think that Tampa Bay has a lot more to play for. It being a divisional opponent scares me a little bit because they do tend to play each other tougher, but I still kind of like Tampa Bay uh, to win by at least a touchdown in this game. So, I don't know. So you you like the Tampa Bay line? Uh, I kind of do. I'm not I'm not in love with it, 
Uh, it's just that when I when I try to visualize the way the game is going to go, I can still see it being a tight game, but I can still see Tampa Bay winning by at least a touchdown. So, I mean, technically that would cover, uh, but them being road favorites, you know, and then you think about the last game that they played. Uh, last Minnesota. They, it's just, I don't know, it's a little scary. If, if you had to make me, if I had to make a choice on this game, I would definitely take Tampa because I just feel that they are a more complete team than Atlanta is at the time, at this current moment. So, but I don't feel comfortable about it either way. No. Uh, if you could tell me what kind of offense uh, Tampa's going to run, they seem to be in some sort of hybrid of about five different offenses. I don't even think they know what they want. Sometimes they're a power running game like they were last week where they ran Ronald Jones a lot, and they seem to be really effective doing that. Uh, then sometimes they just want to bomb it away and go all out and uh, run a bunch of deep passes, which uh, doesn't seem to be their strength. And then sometimes we get those, uh, you know, short, quick underneath passes of uh, Pittsburgh Steelers style. I just never know quite what's coming, which makes it really sort of hard to uh get a hold of uh, what Tampa Bay is going to be uh, week to week. I, I know what Atlanta's going to be week to week, which is usually bad with a, you know, a handful of playmakers that uh, can cause you problems. I would lean to stay away from this just because of uh, Tampa being such a big road favorite. But uh, if you made me pick uh, one side or the other, I'd probably lean uh, Tampa Bay just because I, I don't think uh, Atlanta's going to play all that hard. They looked uh, a little quitty. Uh, last week versus the Chargers. I will say this uh, before we even move on. Uh, every week I do a crazy parlay that, you know, has no chance of hitting. I do it just for fun. To me, it's kind of like playing the lottery. And uh, this week I ended up with uh, a 12-team parlay, which is pretty ridiculous. But out of all those games, I think I might, I might have taken the line on to maybe three of those games, uh, and the rest are pretty much just money lines because I don't feel comfortable about a lot, a lot of these lines. Yeah, uh, me either. Uh, you ready to move on to the next game? And uh, speaking of quitty teams. Oh, let's do it. All right, the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts minus six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, once again, we're just getting hammered with these large point spreads, and, I mean, you seem to be a little bit more open uh, to taking them. I, I think that's just sort of my uh, old-school mentality built into my head. You know, you you see a, like a, a touchdown favorite in these things, and I just I get scared. And uh, as much as Houston was uh, beyond atrocious last week and Indianapolis looked good, I, I know Indianapolis is winning this game, but uh, the six-and-a-half points uh, scares me. Where are you here? Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I agree with you 100%. Six and a half does scare me, especially because these two teams know each other pretty well. Uh, they tend to play each other a lot during the uh, regular season. And, I, I mean, even though Indianapolis has won three out of the last four me uh, meetings, you know, it, I just I don't feel comfortable with the six and a, point, six and a half point spread. Uh, it's even a lot further now. I think it sits at seven and a half now. Uh, so that's even worse, but I, I could definitely see Indy winning this game. They still have a lot to play for. They have a lot of meaningful games left. Um, they're trying to get as high of a seat as they possibly can and possibly even win that division. Uh, 
So I, I feel like they're going to come out and play hard. The question then becomes, how is their defense going to play? Are they going to be able to stop Deshaun Watson? They've had several games where defensively we expect them to show up and they end up giving a lot of points and it becomes a shootout. Uh, and if it, that's going to be the case, the last person I want to put my money on is Phillip Rivers in a shootout, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I, I don't know if this is going to necessarily be a shootout. Uh, Houston is the uh, third worst team against the run. So, I mean, honestly, I, I think Indianapolis will be able to just roll with uh, Jonathan Taylor and uh, Naheem Hines. And I don't even know how much of a factor Phillip Rivers is going to be other than, you know, throwing some uh, nice play action passes to T.Y. and uh, Pittman. And uh, I don't know. Last week it seemed like uh, the week before Houston's offense still looked uh, humming. But uh, without Will Fuller and a couple of the other guys, it it seemed last week – Maybe that started to catch up to him a little bit, uh, not being able to really produce any sort of offense versus that Bears team. You could convince me maybe to ride Colts here, but uh, it it would take a lot for me to uh, take six-and-a-half-point spreads in NFL games. Uh, If you could tell me Houston's offense wouldn't be able to do anything here, I'd I'd feel a lot more confident in uh, riding with the Colts. I mean, yeah, I, I, I probably don't want to touch this game just because of the line, but I could definitely see a scenario where uh, Indianapolis defense really steps up and completely shuts down the Houston offense, which is possible. Uh, Houston is going to be without Will Fuller still, so uh, that kind of hurts him a little bit, but either way, I still don't feel comfortable. Yeah, all right, we'll move on. And uh, speaking of one of my few winners uh, last week, uh San Francisco 49ers, they were my loser. But the Dallas Cowboys at minus three, I I talked myself into it last week and I I got a decent result. They're getting two and a half points at home versus San Francisco 49ers team. I avoided in my picks writing it down. Do I dare go with Dallas? Back-to-back weeks uh, plus the two and a half. I mean, how confident do you feel that Dallas' offense showing up? I'm confident in a small way that they're going to win this game. But uh, then I look at stats, and uh, the San Francisco 49ers rushing attack uh, versus this uh, Dallas defense has me very, very, very scared. Uh, Dallas, the 27th-ranked rush defense. Uh the San Francisco 49ers are built to rack up uh, yards versus this uh, Dallas team. Um, but uh, I, I saw a little quitty in the Niners uh, last week as well. I thought they'd come out, they'd play better last week. That's why I bet on them versus that Washington football team. And uh, by the second half, they looked like uh, they wanted this season from hell to uh, pretty much be over. Uh, can they get motivated again? In this Dallas game, if they can, I think San Francisco probably is the better team. But uh, if they're in quit mode and uh, ready to pack it in and come back next year and try to be a player, uh, I think Dallas getting points at home here is the play. So uh, you give me your analysis and strategy and how this is going to break down. You see, I actually feel a lot more comfortable about San Francisco this week. 
Oh, you see, you like the overall stats in this one, don't you? You know well, that Niners going to run all over them. It is a thing. I, I don't even have to look at the stats to know. Uh, honestly, I just have to look at the play on the field. And I don't need the statistics to tell me that that Dallas defense is pretty bad. I think they've had maybe one or two games where they've showed up this whole season. And uh, those were surprises and they were shocks because that's not what we've seen from them. That's not what we expect from them. So the way that their defense is set up, I think that San Francisco's offense is pretty much in a position to be able to feast on them. Now I turn it to the other side of the ball. Dallas's offense haven't been very explosive. They're missing some weapons. That offensive line has definitely, you know, been an issue so far this season. Uh, they have the, the big red pistol at quarterback. Um, and Ezekiel Elliott, I think he's underperformed over the last three weeks uh, overall statistically. So you look at that offense going up against a pretty formidable uh, 49ers defense. They've, uh, they've been really gritty, and I believe they're one of the top 10, if not top 15 defenses in the league. Uh, I don't have like numbers in front of me to, to tell you what exactly where they stand, but you know they're they're a solid defense, the type of uh, defense that you don't want to you don't want to play on any given Sunday. Now, with all that being said, do I think that the Dallas Cowboys offense can produce against that defense? That I don't think they have enough weapons to do so. So I just feel like the edge is definitely on the 49ers side this week, and uh, that's why I feel more confident about them. All right, uh, you you've talked me off. Uh... We'll see if you can hold me off uh, on Sunday when I when I want to take the Dallas Cowboys. We have this conversation every week. There is no way that I'm going to be able to keep you away from making those bets. And you well, you that. did a poor job last week, and I lost some money on a couple teams. Hey, but I also didn't talk you out of that Dallas one. Yeah, I know. It's what saved the bankroll a little bit. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Uh, speaking of big spreads that uh, – I'm going to have to probably pass on Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are 12 and a half point favorites. Does Baltimore keep this rolling and do they keep it rolling to the point where they cover 12 and a half? Uh, do we have the guts to take possibly the worst defense in the NFL, especially against the run, uh, versus Baltimore, uh, Ravens team who look like they are, uh, starting to get that, uh, running game going uh, offensively here. 12 and a half points is a lot, but uh, I don't know. You tell me what your feeling is here. Let's see. Baltimore has put up at least 34 points in the last two games. Uh, so their offense definitely seems to be humming, seems to kind of gotten back into stride, you know, right at the end of the season, right when they need to start getting hot. That's exactly, exact, uh, exactly when they fired up. So that's positive going in. Uh, as you mentioned, the Jaguars defense, Probably one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Um, I mean, that, that spread is really big. It hasn't really moved much. I think it's still at 12 and a half right now. Uh, I definitely see Baltimore winning, and I could definitely see them completely destroying the Jaguars. But I don't want to risk a 12 and a half point, you know, uh, favor right now. I, I think that it's just a little too – I think it's a little too wide for my uh, – for my personal preference, I don't feel comfortable with it. Yeah, uh, I'm an auto no-go on the uh, Ravens here as much as I think they're going to blow out this game. And uh, part of me wants a piece of the Jags at 12-and-a-half. They've been really good on offense. Uh, This Baltimore Ravens defense is uh, 
dropped off the last couple weeks. Uh, you, you saw the Cleveland Browns uh, in that second half really start to roll on them. Uh, I think COVID hit a couple of their players uh, really hard, not as in, uh, you know, missing games, as in they actually got sick and were losing weight and haven't fully recovered, you know, to uh, their full strength and uh, capabilities. So their defense has been uh, not quite as uh, dominant as it has been, you know, in uh, previous years. So that tells me to take the Jaguars. But uh, from what I saw from the Ravens, uh, Last week, uh, it looked more like the team from last year, which would uh, just annihilate these uh, much lesser type teams. So uh, that scares me off the Jags. And I I think this is just as much as I sort of want to take this Jags team who has been covering uh, all season long. And their offense has really been pretty decent. I mean, it's much better than a lot of those bottom feeder offenses. I just don't know if I can pull that trigger. I, I agree with you 100%. I don't feel comfortable about it. It's just, it's too wide of a spread for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think this one will be a fun one to preview. I, I couldn't put this one in my picks, but uh, interesting game nonetheless. New England Patriots go to the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, two and a half point favorites. Uh, this has been a bit of a, a bugaboo land for New England in years past, but this is not the New England of years past, and really this isn't the Miami of years past, but um, two-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, it, it it's scary, I will say that. And uh, the other thing that scares me is uh, the Dolphins don't have much leeway here. Uh, I think they probably have to win out. They might be able to fit in one loss in these closing games, but uh, a lot of pressure here on Miami to uh, continue to win games and uh, keep themselves in that playoff hunt. Yeah, and I think that you're definitely going to have to ask yourself the question is, uh, do I think that this rookie quarterback, as well as, you know, these young players and young young team in general, young coach, do you think that uh, they can withstand the heat of the moment of trying to win as many games as possible to possibly sneak into the playoffs and, you know, really turn that season around. Uh, I mean, Bill Belichick, is he's got a reputation for really coming after these uh, rookie quarterbacks. I think that uh, for his career, he's like rookie quarterbacks have won seven games against him, I think out of a 21 possible uh, wins. So he obviously has a way of kind of messing with their heads. He puts together really good schemes, really good, uh, you know, game plans. I think that there's a possibility for – this one would be one of those we're all kind of used to New England being upset by Miami and uh, the way that the tables have turned for these teams where realistically speaking on paper, the Dolphins are a better team than the Patriots are, but I could definitely see this being kind of one of those trap games where the Patriots actually come out and win this game. Yeah. Uh, two things uh, concern me here. One, the Miami defense, which has been light out and really great, but the, uh, they are not as great against the uh, running game. Uh, they're the 23rd-ranked uh, defense against the run. They seem to have a problem uh, up front a little bit, stopping the run. And uh, this New England offense, while it's god-awful, is the ninth-ranked rushing offense in the league. So it, it scares me that Miami might be the better team in this game, but there might be a like half where they get like two possessions and 
then they can't score and they can't uh, play it out where they're the better team. And New England sort of sneaks away with a, a win here. Would you be willing to let's go say take the New England side here, or do you just not want to have to watch that offense and uh, as the Dolphins roll up a bunch of points and you're like, oh, they can't catch up because they can't throw the ball. Yeah, well, see, that's my biggest concern is that for some reason, Tua just comes out and lights it up, you know, and really proves, uh, you know, the hype that was surrounding him, you know, during the draft. If he just comes out and lights the Patriots up, you know, and puts the number on them, do I trust the Patriots being able to put up points and, and you know, making this uh, at least a tight game? And I don't know if I do. Um, but to me, for some reason, when I look at all, all the lines for this uh, – slate of games, and then I look at games like this, this is one of the few games that has a really low spread, and it almost kind of uh, gives me pause. I'm like, it almost feels like a, like a set of like a trap game, so I, I don't know how I feel about it. I think that you could possibly sway me to go either way, uh, either for Miami as the favorites or for the Patriots as, uh, as dogs. So if you feel like you kind of got to play with the Patriots here, then I'll definitely roll with you. I don't know if I can totally make myself do it. If we could pause this podcast and wait till Sunday and I could watch how the line moves. Uh, and if we could get it up to about four and a half, I think I, I'd be a little bit more willing to jump on that New England. But uh, under that uh, key number of three, I, I just don't... Uh, it, it's not quite enough to make me hop on that New England bandwagon. Yeah, I, I agree with you. If anything, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable uh, taking the uh, the favorites at, at, uh, yeah. for this particular game. But that's just me. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to one I do end up having in my picks uh, this week. Uh, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings, minus three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm curious to get your vibe on this one. Uh, Dan Bailey is still on the roster and uh, probably going to kick for them. So, uh just keep that in mind. Uh, they have no kicking game this week. So uh, they also might not have an extra point game as well. Yeah, based off how he did last week, I mean, I'd be, I'm actually surprised he's still on the roster. But I guess you definitely can't really move things around too much at this point in the season, especially when you're in contention for a playoff spot. So. Yeah, you might want to move them around if you can't get points from your kicking game. So anyway... Uh, where are you sitting here? Bears, Vikings, what do you like? You know, I'm a little surprised to hear that you actually have some action in this game because I don't know how I feel about either team. Uh, you know, the Bears really came out and looked really good last week, uh, and the Vikings, to me, seem probably like the more balanced team where they have a lot more weapons on offense they can choose from um, at any point, you know, in any game. Dalvin Cook can come in and really take over and have one of those monster 200-yard games where, you know, you just keep pounding the rock and just keep handing the ball and you just control the clock. Um, they've got some weapons at wide receiver. But I really don't know which way to lean. I, I think that I could be, could be swayed either way for either side. Um, I'm just – I don't know I don't know where I personally stand. Yeah. All right. So let me give you a couple things here. Chicago Bears, fifth best rush defense in the league. So I think they will be able to sort of control Dalvin Cook. And if you could do that, you could control Minnesota Vikings play action. 
you might be able to force uh, Kirk into a couple turnovers, which will give the Chicago Bears a short field, and uh, they'll be able to get a handful of points that way. And the last couple weeks, the Bears' offense has uh, been almost uh, 30 points a game. So uh, I'm, I'm liking this Bears team. I think this Vikings uh, defense is pretty porous, so uh, they shouldn't be able to pressure Trubisky too much into uh, turnovers. Uh, David Montgomery's been on fire of late, so uh, I'm just really feeling the Bears here. It also feels like the Bears make a, a late run here and get to like 9-7, and seven and uh, they don't end up firing Nagy or Pace, and uh, we get to do this again next year. And uh insult the Bears and Nagy as they uh, somehow manage to uh, mess up the season all year long. Well, you know, you already know how this dynamic works. I'm the, I'm the good guy here. Uh, I don't, I don't throw dirt on anybody. Uh, I leave that for you, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, you sold me. Like I said, I, I was really leaning either way with this game. I had no idea uh, who made me feel more comfortable, but you definitely settled my anxiety a little bit. So, uh, I think we're going with the Bears. All right, Bears. I think that's our first one, is it? That's our first one. Whoa! We're, <laughs> we're hot this week, I can tell yeah. you. Uh, also, I want no text when the Bears have zero points through three oh, quarters and Mitch Turbisky has five interceptions. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, hold, I'll hold on to those text messages until uh, till we see each other. All right, uh, moving on. Interesting game here, Seattle. On the road to Washington, a uh, four-and-a-half-point favorite. Hard game to handicap, but uh, from what I've read, uh, Alex isn't healing. So the uh, Dwayne Haskin experience is going there on uh, quarterback. It probably depends how much you trust this Washington football team uh, defensively, what side you're leaning here. Uh, I'm curious how you're leaning here. Yeah, to me, this was uh, a really, believe it or not, a really tough game to uh, really get a feel for. If you stop and think, all season long, we've basically been on Seattle's bandwagon, you know, because of Russell Wilson and how good that offense has been. Uh, Metcalf has been pretty insane all season long. Uh, now the run game has, you know, kind of been a little stagnant. Uh, we haven't seen a lot in terms of production from the running game. There's been a few games here and there where they do produce, but that's usually against uh, bad rush defenses. Now for uh, Washington's side of the ball, you know, even without uh, Alex Smith last week, uh, I think that they, they looked okay. You know, they didn't look too bad. Haskins seemed to, you know, kind of uh, improve from the last time we saw him. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he got a chance to just kind of sit back and watch. And uh, that probably slows the game down a little bit for him. But my question that he comes to, how long can I trust this Washington defense to hold, you know, Seattle down? And I, I it's hard for me to picture anybody really holding Russell Wilson back for long enough to, you know, pull off a win. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really think that Seattle is going to find a way to win this game, but by how much, I don't know. I could definitely see this being the field goal game. Uh, so probably leaning to stay away from this one. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I'm definitely in a stay away territory. Uh, I want to take Washington really, really bad here. Getting four and a half points at home. I, I think this uh, Seattle team is uh, right to be picked on, especially defensively uh, Washington. But uh, 
with Antonio, I think if Gibson were going to play and uh, they had a little bit, I had a little bit more faith in that running game, I, I think I'd really pull the trigger on this one. But uh, with Gibson out, Smith probably out, I just, I don't know if I could put my trust in Haskins to uh, beat a quality team uh, like the Seattle Seahawks, even if their defense has not been uh, great this year. But uh, if you look at the numbers, the probably the last uh, four to six weeks, it, it's much better than it was at the beginning of the year. I just, the Haskins thing scares me. He, he looked improved, uh, at least uh, confident, I will say. I don't know if improved because his numbers were not all that great, but they were up uh, pretty big. But uh, he looked more confident and uh, understanding, you know, pocket awareness, uh, how to control a game uh, than he had in the previous thing. But uh, doing that versus a 49ers team when you come in and you're already up and uh, and doing that in a game versus Seattle Seahawks, I it's, I just I don't know if I could trust the uh, Washington football team to uh, cover this point spread, uh, even though I really, really like them getting four and a half points at home with that defense. Yeah, I mean, I'm, we're pretty much on the same track right now. All right, uh, we'll move on past this game and uh, move on to uh, another one of your uh, large and uh, bloated lines. Detroit Lions uh, at the Tennessee Titans, uh, minus nine and a half for the Tennessee Titans. Once again, uh, you know, the Lions did their thing last week, uh, pretty much got blown out, but uh, covered their spread as they do. Uh, Matthew Stafford, possibly the best backdoor coverer of all time. It probably should go on his Hall of Fame plaque in Canton. Couldn't win games, <laughs> but could cover a lot of spreads as an underdog. Um, uh, where are you here? Nine and a half. Uh, Tennessee should be able to run all over the Detroit Lions, but uh, I, nine and a half, a lot of points. Uh, bad, bad Tennessee uh, pass defense uh, has me very nervous, uh, but uh, Stafford's probably not playing. So does that factor into your thing if uh, it's a Chase Daniel run Detroit Lions offense or... Is it uh, just the Lions as the uh, backdoor cover kings of the world? To me, it definitely does uh, affect the, uh, the the overall outcome of the game. Uh, I think this just makes it that much easier for the, the Titans to run away with this one. Uh, I do think that they're going to win this game. I think they're probably going to win this game big. Uh, but even as confident as I am about that, I still don't feel confident enough to take the spread. It just To me, it's just too wide. It's even gone up further. Uh, as I'm looking at it now, I think it's it's a ten and a half now. So I want nothing to do with the spread, um, even though I do feel confident that they're going to win and win big. Yeah, I, I'm confident they'll easily control this uh, game, but uh, there also has not been a guarantee that uh, Daniel is going to play. Uh, I and you know, knowing Stafford, he likes to play in these games. He'll tough it out and. Uh, Tennessee will be up, you know, 35 to 14, and we'll get some crappy touchdowns, and it'll just uh, ruin our day and our week. So I just, other than uh, the Titans will probably win and uh, have control of this game, I don't see any way where we can take a a nine-and-a-half point uh, spread here. So we'll move on to uh, more bloatation. Uh, 
<laughs> that seems to be the theme of the week. The New York Jets are at the Los Angeles Rams, and uh, we're getting a little value here as it's much higher than this now, but uh, 16 and a half points for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, can you make a case for the Jets? Can you make a case for the Rams? Or can you make a case that uh, we pretend this game doesn't exist? Well, I, I can try to make a case for all three of those. <laughs> so let's give it a try. So here's uh, my case for the Jets. Uh, there's a good chance that the Rams pretty much run Cam Akers all day. And the final score of this game is 14-0. So there's the case for the Jets. Uh, here's the case for the Rams. Our case for the Jets is <laughs> they <laughs> score zero points and hold them to 14. Basically, that just because they're going to run the ball basically all game long, that's the case I can make for the Jets. That's where we're at, okay? Now, I was a little bit higher on them going into last week because of the performance against the Raiders, which just kind of brings back memories about how bad I, the Raiders actually are because this last week they looked horrible. And uh, I expect a lot of the same this week going up against the Rams. Um, offensively, I don't think they can do much against that Rams defense. And I think that that Rams offense, even though it has been struggling and it's not as potent as we're used to, it's definitely good enough to at least uh, push this Jets uh, defense backwards and, you know, get a few scores. Uh, I do predict that this game is probably going to be a lot of run heavy uh, on the offensive side for the Rams, uh, which will definitely cause that clock to tick down a lot faster. So, that's why I, my case for uh, for the Jets was that they lose that game, but they lose it by only a couple of touchdowns, and that clock was basically drained. The time of possession would be uh, about 5% to 95%. But my case for the Rams is this is a really, really bad Jets team, and uh, basically just about any team playing up against them has been able to put up at least 21 points, uh, if not more, other than a few cases here and there, which were – very odd circumstances. And then my final case for this game does not exist. <laughs> Look at that spread, man. Don't, don't even worry about it. I'm going to watch, obviously, as a Ram fan. But, uh, yeah, that's it's one of the bigger uh, lines we've had so far this season, and I don't know how you feel comfortable either way. I, I'm not comfortable anyway in this game. The only thing I'm probably going to do is if I can get decent value on a uh, prop of Jets scoring between 0 and 3. I probably will take that if I can find value in that, but uh, I'm scared even that will not be of proper value, and I probably won't get the uh, odds I deserve on uh, picking a team to be shut out in an NFL game. I will say this. I, I did take the uh, the Rams defense scoring uh, a touchdown uh, at any point in the game. Uh, I feel like <laughs> that Jets offense uh, struggled enough against you know formidable defenses, but the Rams defense – on any given so they could be the top defense in the league. So I I could definitely see a scenario where the Rams defense gets some points this week. Yeah. All right. We'll move on past uh, the uh, large spread game and uh, <laughs> go to an interesting game. The Battle of the Birds, uh, Philadelphia Eagles versus the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals, really large spread here, six and a half. Uh where are you with this? Uh, I'm leaning one way here. Where are you leaning on this one? I'm actually leaning towards um, Philadelphia this week. Are you? Because guess yeah. where I'm leaning? Philadelphia this week. Uh, this spread seems really bloated to me. Six and a half. 
you you could tell me four and a half, but uh, I I don't understand the six and a half. Uh, the Eagles defense looked a, a little bit uh, more pumped up last week. I won't say the offense was great, but they seemed to have a system in place. They were running the ball. If they could uh, continue to run the ball, why they weren't running the ball with Carson Wentz, I won't uh, ask those kinds of questions. That's a odd coaching thing. But uh, anyway, uh, they seem to want to run the ball once again. So uh, with Sanders and Hurts back there, I, I think this Eagles team has a little life. But uh, I- I'm curious of your opinion on it. My opinion basically came down to that uh, Philadelphia pass rush. Uh, even though it's been absent every 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 now and then, overall, I think they got a pretty good pass rush. They can get to the quarterback and at least, you know, if not get a sack, at least cause uh, some pressure. And that's where Kyler Murray's had his downfall so far this season. Any team that can get some pressure back there, uh, it really tends to affect his throws and it affects his timing. So I think with that new uh, resurgent offense in in Philadelphia uh, hurts is obviously kind of giving them a little spark of life. You know, I haven't really compared statistically whether they've been that much better or not, but I think that uh, they look better as a team. So at six and a half, I think that this is definitely one of those situations where the line got loaded a little bit uh, based off what Arizona did last week, which, you know, look at the record. They really haven't been a team to continue a streak for that, that long. So. Yeah, uh, the only other thing uh, that would concern me a little bit is uh, a couple more of the Eagles secondary went out, and uh, they're playing on a really, really, really thin secondary with a lot of uh, second and third string guys out there. Uh, Does that concern you any, or do you think that pass rush can sort of uh, maybe negate it a little bit and uh, not allow um, the Cardinals to get deep and uh, get open receivers if uh, the pass rush can get on top of Murray before the receivers can get open? Well, I think it's definitely concerning. Uh, I think that when you have a situation like that where you're a little short uh, as far as that cornerback depth goes, you know, you definitely lose in certain situations. Like, uh, you know, if you're going to get a pass rush on there and you're going to try to get to the quarterback, you obviously lose some help in the coverage. And uh, usually as an offense, you try to run some quick plays, some slants, you know, some quick outs. And uh, when you're playing against uh, already pretty worn out secondary, I think it helps a wide receiver core more than anything. Uh, so if they're going to have issues with their secondary, it probably helps Arizona a lot more uh, than it, you know. But I, I, I'm not six and a half. I still think they could probably keep it tight enough to, at least, uh, you know, cover that spread. Yeah. All right. So I think we got two. I think we're in agreement on the Philadelphia Eagles plus six and a half. We'll move on to our next game, uh, a really exciting contest. Kansas City Chiefs at the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints are getting three and a half points in the Superdome. I'm leaning one way here. What way are you leaning here? I'm leaning towards Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, we're a little split here. I'm leaning on the New Orleans Saints. I I always like Saints getting points in the Superdome, but uh, I know it's very scary to uh, take against the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Listen, there's a reason why they're 12-1. and one, You know, that one loss was against a Raider team that just happened to play really tough both matchups. Um, I, I, to me, I, I'm just a little scared when it comes to that Saints offense. 
Uh, we saw a little bit of a fall back to grace uh, with uh, last week, and it, it affected them. And that's why that's one of the reasons why their record sits where it sits right now. But that defense, you know, they've been spectacular ever since Brees went down. It seems like they really stepped their game up. And uh, what's a little concerning to me is that I feel like they might have maybe gassed themselves out a little bit. Um, not saying that they're done or anything like that. I'm not even close to saying that they're done. But I think that they're definitely slowing down a little bit, and they probably need, uh, you know, a little bit of a spark, which I think that that's what Brees is going to do for them when he does come back. Uh, I still think that they're probably one of the better teams in the NFL. Uh, they're definitely one of the better teams in the NFC. Uh, but Kansas City is also really tough. There's a reason why, you know, they're the defending champs. And I just, I, at, for three points, I don't think that I can really bet against uh, Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's weird about this, uh, especially so late in this season, uh, this is a non uh a conference side game. Uh, Kansas City's in the AFC. Saints are in the NFC. So uh, really, uh, meaning-wise, it's not necessarily all that important. It doesn't, uh, you know, mess with, like, home field advantage in the playoffs. I mean, there's some seeding stuff uh, side-wise, but uh, I don't know. I like the Saints getting points in the Superdome, but uh, I can see where it's uh, uh, really just hard to... uh, take against a Kansas City uh, team that uh, is ever just a three-point favorite road away uh, anytime, uh, yeah. probably in the whole uh, Patrick Mahomes era. So, uh, I will we'll say move. this really quick, you know, not, not that it's going to come as a shock or anything, but you have to understand that Kansas City also has 10 straight road wins, so uh, yeah. there's something to be said about that also. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we'll move on past that one. We'll move to the Cleveland Browns at the New York Giants. I, I tried to find a way to like either side here. I couldn't find a way to like either side here. I, I don't know what I'm getting from the Giants or Daniel Jones. I don't know how Cleveland bounces back uh, off that uh, tough Baltimore loss. Uh, the Giants' uh, rush defense has been really, really solid, so... Will Cleveland uh, not be able to get their offense going? I, I just really found it hard to find a way to handicap this game. I'm, I'm curious where you're sitting here, how you think this game will break down. Well, you know, I, when I first looked at the game, I wasn't too sure about it. I, I didn't really have a feeling either way. Uh, the more I've sat down and thought about it, though, I, I kind of like the Browns of this game. I know that the Giants' uh, rush defense can be stingy at times, but – We've seen the Browns go up against some stingy run defenses, and those running backs, they, they just seem to produce regardless week in and week out. Uh, now, Baker Mayfield, as much as we think he's been up and down so far this season, he's 7-1 and one versus, like, non-divisional opponents this season. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why they're a playoff contender right now. I, am I sold on how good the Browns are? No, I, I'm still not sold. You know, they definitely impressed me. And they've impressed me, you know, more than a handful of times this season, enough to where people would think that I, I'd be high on them. But I, I'm still not sold for some reason. Something about this team just doesn't rub me the right way. And uh, that being said, they're still playing an NFC East uh, team, a team that has seen some improvement, you know. But even with their with their quarterback back last week, they didn't really play that well because he didn't look really healthy. I don't know how he's going to look this week. So 
I, I still think the Browns pull off the win this week. Uh, what's that? What's the line at? Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah, I mean, four and a half. I, I kind of feel confident, but as a as a road favorite, I, don't, I really don't know. Yeah, uh, I I know where I'd set my line here. I, I'm curious where you'd set your line. Uh, what would you make the uh, Cleveland Browns uh, point spread here? Uh, I'd probably set it at two and a half. And that's what I feel comfortable with. Yeah, exactly. My thinking was I like Cleveland at two and a half. It feels like uh, we're getting a a two-point little tax here to want to take the Browns team, and uh, I think that's where I'm scared off. I think if this set two and a half under that three-key number, I'd jump all over the Browns, but I, I feel like this is what happens late in the year with these NFL games. You want to take the Browns, but they're going to punish you with two extra points uh, to take them, and uh, then you have to start being like, well, Giants, maybe uh, that line's about two points off, and it's hard to really uh, fixate on on the side here when you have a line that you think is about two points off because then you're like, well, if the line's two points off, that there's value there in the Giants, and I just, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, technically, I get where you're coming from. Technically, that's the way it should work. But even when I look at that opposite side, I, I don't see the value. So, I don't know. To me, this is, if anything, it, if anything, it falls into a maybe category to me. Well, we're pretty much out of maybes because I, I, I know the uh, next game we're both probably going to be a pass on. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Pittsburgh Steelers, 12-and-a-half-point road favorites. Um, speaking of bloated lines, uh, this game is going to be a blowout. I, I'm assured the Steelers will dominate this game and win. But 12-and-a-half-point uh, road favorites in a division rivalry game, uh, that's an automatic no-go for me. So uh, I'm curious if you think this is uh, worth taking. Uh, the Bengals were atrocious last week. Uh, if you look at it that way, uh, they lost by 27 points to the Cowboys. They should quite easily lose by 27 points to the Steelers. So uh, where are you sitting? Where does your math fix in here to uh, take one side or the other? Well, I mean, technically on paper, yes, the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win, and they're going to win big. Uh, you know, they should easily cover this spread on paper. Now, unfortunately, these games aren't played on paper. We saw, you know, at one point in the season where your aforementioned Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, took it to Pittsburgh and, you know, gave basically handed it to them. So there's plenty of situations where the underdog doesn't, you know, doesn't really listen to all the hype and they come out and they play well. Uh, this could be one of those situations where, you know, Cincinnati's just, they have nothing to lose, nothing to lose, nothing to gain. So they just kind of go out and just play free and probably play one of the better games so far, even with all these injuries they've been having. But I still see Pittsburgh winning, and I still see him winning big. I mean, Dallas really put it to Cincinnati last week, and this is that Dallas offense that I wasn't really sold on going up against the Niner defense. So I just at what it sits at, that type of spread, I think it's too big for me to take any action on. So uh, just because of – how bad one team is compared to how good one is. I think this game automatically moves into maybe area, but I don't know either way. You'd have to sell me on it. 
Yeah, I can't sell you on it. So uh, we have two picks uh, on the mutuals. Uh, I, I have confidence in those two picks. The problem <laughs> is we need five picks. So you have to pull out uh, essentially three more picks because uh, two of those picks were already picks that uh, I will be taking in our picks uh, segment of this show. So I'm pretty much all out of what I liked this week. Uh, where were you sitting? Uh, Vegas, uh, Chargers. I think we were both a little muted on that one. Were you high, really high on one side or the other? No, but I feel more confidence for the Raiders. Uh, Buffalo and Denver. Uh, Buffalo, six-and-a-half-point road favorites. Uh, Carolina, Green Bay, eight-and-a-half. Uh, I think you liked Tampa a little bit. Do we dare take Tampa, four-and-a-half-point road favorites versus Atlanta? I mean, that's one of the, definitely one of the lower spreads that we have in our maybe column, so I think we have to try and jump on that one, maybe. All right. Uh, God. Tampa Bay Bucks, four-and-a-half-point road favorites. Uh, that one's going to hurt my soul either way. So, what could possibly go wrong? You have a goat in your quarter. Come on. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we were a stay away San Francisco Cowboys. We didn't want to touch Jacksonville and Baltimore, 12-and-a-half. New England and Miami. Which way did we lean there? I guess since I'm asking which way we leaned, probably means we leaned no way and didn't like the game. <laughs> well, I think that um, we both thought it was a trap game, uh, a type of game where you want to take the Dolphins and the Patriots will end up winning that game. But, yeah, I don't think we were confident enough to take either side. All right. Uh, the Seattle-Washington game. I, I think we both... Well, listen, I, I picked the Tampa game, so you pick this next one. Well, I think we both were sort of leaning the Washington football team side, getting the four and a half points here. Uh, were we? <laughs> it now sounds like you're just putting words in my mouth. Why? Uh, do we dare take the Washington football team with Dwayne Haskins? All right, we'll move past that one. Uh, Titans, nine and a half. Lions, uh, Rams, 16 and a half. Jets, Saints, three and a half. Uh, Chiefs, oh my. Uh, all right. Uh, I think we have to take the Washington football team here. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, Steelers? No. No. It's too wide of a spread. Browns, four and a half. You do realize we have like all road favorites over a field goal. Hey, we've done it before and it's worked out in our favor. All right. Browns, the last. The is, that gonna be our, is that going to be our fifth pick, the Browns? I don't know. You seem to have a little emotion towards the Browns. No, I mean... <laughs> Honestly, I feel more confident about, uh, what was it? Which one did you feel more confident about? Um, Titans? No. Uh, Baltimore? San Francisco? No. Dallas? Indy? I, I feel... Oh, Indy, minus six and a half. <sighs> I think that's our choice. Cleveland, minus four and a half at Giants. Uh, Indy at home, uh, 
Minus six and a half Texans. Pick your poison of death of large bloated spreads. I think, oh gosh, this is bad. Um, Okay, I'll tell you where I'm leaning, and then you tell me if you agree or not. Okay. I'm leaning more towards the Browns just because it's a lower spread. That's the only reason why. All right, we'll lean towards the Browns. What if we – oh, God, I don't want to have all favorites. Well, I guess we don't have all favorites. We have Washington or Indianapolis. Which are you more confident in? Or are you more confident in Seattle? I'm more confident in probably. If you, like, if you think Seattle's a winner, I, I find taking against Dwayne Haskins as well. I uh, see. I think I think Seattle's going to win that game by four and a half points. <laughs> That's the thing is I don't know. Uh, like I said, I could definitely see that game being a field goal game, uh, but um, I, I have more confidence in Indy getting the uh, job done. All right, we're switching off Washington. We're going with the Indianapolis Colts. Great. Lots of large <laughs> favorites. That's, that's all, that's all we have this week. We, gotta, we have to get five games, and that's what we have this week. So All right. We have our five, starting off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, minus four and a half at Atlanta. The Indianapolis Colts, minus six and a half versus the Houston Texans. The Chicago Bears, plus three and a half versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Philadelphia Eagles, plus six and a half versus the Arizona Cardinals. And the Cleveland Browns, minus four and a half versus the New York Giants. A nice slate of five games. I'm very confident, let me tell you. All right. (laughs) We'll go into our individual picks. We'll see if we're a little more confident in these. You had a big week last week, five and one. Everybody should have hopped on and rode the Achilles train. You had wins, Cardinals minus one and a half, Colts minus two and a half, Chargers plus two and a half, Ravens minus one and a half, and your Los Angeles Rams, your loss, the Houston Texans. Ah, that's why you... That's why you liked the Colts so much over the Washington football team. <laughs> Those darn Texans. I had them jumped on their bandwagon all season, and the time I feel confident about it. Yeah. You saw what they did to me. All I right. a perfect week. Yeah. Five and one moved your overall record to 39, 30, and two. I was not as successful last week. Uh, I was one and three. Giants lost, Panthers lost, Niners lost. Ravens win. So uh, my overall record fell to 44 and 38 on the year. Uh, this is what happens when you have a podcast that is about picks and you're forced to make picks that uh, you don't really love because uh, you can't come on here and be like, I have one Nothing. game, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> to take this week. All right. Let's hear what you got this week. I have three picks this week. What do you have this week? I think I'm going to go with seven picks this week. Oh, seven picks. Well, I think so. The volume is in play <laughs> I'm, here. I'm starting to get desperate. The, the college can... season is ending, but you're still riding the train of a, a large bloated schedule of picks. Yeah, okay. that's what I do. Since I only have three picks, we're going to have to make you go two and I'll go one. So what's your first pick? 
All right, so my first one, I'm taking some action on the Thursday night football game, and I'm taking the Vegas Raiders at minus four. Oh, my God, you were hanging around Mark too much. (laughs) All right, so the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you got up next? For my next one, I am taking the Philadelphia Eagles as dogs uh, at plus six and a half. All right, so that is a nice segue into my first pick. The Philadelphia Eagles plus six and a half versus the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we trust in Jalen Hurts. Let's see it uh, one more week before uh, the wheels probably uh, come off that train. Yeah, but, I'm uh, hoping for one more week, and if we can get one more, we're in good shape. All right, what do you got next? Uh, for my next one, I am taking the under uh, in the Kansas City Chiefs New Orleans Saints game at 51 and a half. Oh, interesting strategy. Uh I, I don't know who takes unders in the Kansas City Chiefs, but uh, you're a bold man, and uh, I commend your courage there. You'll see. You'll see it. You'll see when when uh, when the game goes final. <laughs> All right. What's your other pick for you? Uh, my next one is I'm also taking the uh, Kansas City Chiefs at minus three. Oh, the Kansas City Chiefs minus three. All right. So another good segue. I'm taking the New Orleans Saints plus the three. So a little bit of a battle here. And uh, though you have both sides of it, I think if you hit your under, I probably will hit my plus three. So uh, interesting. Either way, uh, I I think that uh, I've got the edge when it comes to -to head-to-head, so I'm glad you took the Saints. (laughs) We'll see. I'm feeling confident this week in my uh, three-fourths picks. All right, uh, what do you got next? Uh, for my next one, I am taking the uh, San Francisco 49ers at minus three. Oh, wow. Well, we'll see if you can uh, keep me away from the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. It is not part of the official Football Time Picks podcast pick. So uh, no Dallas Cowboys for me, but uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter because uh, they might pop up there by Sunday. <laughs> they always do, every <laughs> single Sunday. All right, what's another pick for you? Okay, uh, I am also taking the Miami Dolphins at minus two and a half. Oh, wow. Going against the Pats and a rookie quarterback. All right, uh, my last pick, the Chicago Bears, plus three and a half versus the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to trust the Bears one more time this year and uh, hope Dan Bailey uh, gives us uh, that win back this week after uh, screwing me over uh, pretty much last week. So, uh, all right, what are your final picks? My final pick uh, is I am taking the over in the Philadelphia-Arizona Cardinal game at 47.5. Oh, nice. All right. A good slate of picks from the Achilles Reign and a mediocre small slate of picks from uh, the Champ Chesterfield here. All right, that's our show for today. Be sure to follow us on greenlightnetwork.org where you can find all our podcasts, the Know It All podcast. We'll have a new episode on Friday. Be sure to download Monday's uh, episode where our man Achilles Reign came in, did the NBA win totals. We started our preview of the NBA season. Monday, we're going to have all our conference champions and individual awards. Uh, Be sure to follow the Football Time podcast for our college football picks as well. Final weekend, championship weekend of the college football season. And as always, the Driving Dish uh, podcast daily for your college basketball and soon-to-be NBA picks and daily fantasy plays. Where can we find you, Achilles? You can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. You can also find me on Instagram at that dude Achilles. 
uh, just a quick reminder. Uh, if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to our Facebook page. Uh, we've probably got a little uh, giveaway thing happening in either uh, the upcoming week or during the playoffs. We're still trying to get the format right, but uh, you know, maybe it's just it's going to be a little game where you guys get to play along with us and uh, kind of make your picks. And uh, it's one of those choices where like whoever's uh, closest on an over/under uh, wins the prize. So uh, we'll bring more details. So just make sure you get into our Facebook page and. Make sure you're subscribed uh, so you can keep up to date. All right. And I'm GLN Champs 5 at both Twitter and Instagram. That's our show. And we're out.